Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. Who's God's target audience? Everybody. And he really has a heart for the people who are overlooked. He loves the field worker. He loves the house cleaners. He loves the bus boys or girls and the dishwashers. He loves the factory workers and the immigrants and those living in poverty and those sitting in jail cells. God loves them. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of 1 Corinthians. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 31, in a message titled, The Message of the Cross. Now, here's Pastor Brian. So all that the philosophers thought they were going to do through their philosophical arguments, they're going to give people a better life, you know, whatever the case might be, it never produced anything. But this wisdom of God through the cross literally transformed the lives of millions of people. So the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Human strength never broke a single chain of sin. Human strength has never put to flight even one devil. But Christ, through the gospel, he has broken the power of sin over the lives of, again, millions upon millions upon millions of people. He's liberated people from the bondage that the spirit world, the demons, and the devil have held people in. And Paul reminds us of that in Colossians 2.15, having disarmed powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So, you know, the proof is in the outcome of the message. So all of this philosophizing and all of this does little to nothing to ever really change anything. The gospel comes with its power and it radically Changes It transforms. It turns people around. It literally makes people into new people. That's the amazing thing about the gospel. But it's so simple. Christ died. This Jewish man who was also God died on a cross to pay for the sins of the world and anyone and everyone who put their hope and their trust in him, they are saved. And that means a new life and a new destiny. Isn't that wonderful? It's so simple. God has made it so simple. So the Corinthians, the problem with the Corinthians again is they're forgetting this simple message and they're trying to complicate it. They're trying to make it Because philosophy is big in their culture, they're trying to feel like, well, you know, we're right there with the philosophers. We've got our own philosophy. And Jesus is our philosopher. And Paul and Peter and Apollos, you know, they're, they're like the disciples of Jesus, like, you know, Plato had disciples. So they're trying to turn this thing into something that it's never intended to be. Because the motivation at the, at the end of it is really, we don't want to be nobodies. We want to be somebody. 
But now Paul takes them right back for a reality check into who they really are. So the message of the Corinthian believers, that's what we move to next. He's going to remind them that the very people that they are now despising, the very people that they are now looking down on, the very people that they would just as soon not come into the congregation because they're just a bunch of nobodies, Paul is going to remind them that, hey, guess what? That's who you were. And so look what he says. Verse 26, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things of the world and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast uh, before him. See, because God is not impressed with human ideas and accomplishments and those things. None of those things, I mean, you know, if, if we just get a little bit of a grip on who God is, it becomes crystal clear why he's not impressed. You know, all that we have, he's instilled it in us in the first place. Now, of course, most people never think of that, right? Most people never think that they're as smart as they are because God created them with that ability and they, you know, had an opportunity to get the education that other people didn't. A lot of people never think about the fact that their beauty is something that is a gift from God or their rank, you know, in life or whatever. People don't think in those terms, right? They somehow... Put, we have this tendency to just sort of put it back on ourselves that, that we are somehow responsible for this. But the whole point is that that is not the case at all. And, you know, I mean, if you think about it today, this kind of stuff has gone to an unimaginable level of intensity in our culture. Because we're, we're living in a time when Everybody is striving to be famous, striving to be somebody, to have their voice heard, to, to be recognized. I mean, that's just the culture that we live in. And things like social media have heightened the intensity of that. But this is the world, and it's, it's just been exacerbated by what's happening in our culture through technology and those things. But I mean, you know, now it's, it's, I mean, the elites are, they've always been influencers in the culture, but now it's like everybody wants to be an elite. But these are not the things that God's people should be preoccupied with. Now, Paul, it is important to just note this, that Paul doesn't say that there are not any who are wise or any who are influential or any who are of noble birth. He says there are not many. Now, Paul himself, in some ways, was in the category of, you know, he was an educated person. He had a 
prominent role in his own culture as a rabbi. You have a man named Sergius Paulus, who is called an intelligent man. He's the pro-council of Cyprus in Paul's time. Uh, you have a reference here in the New Testament to a man named Erastus, who was the treasurer of the city of Corinth. So even in the scriptures themselves, you will find that there are people of rank, there are people who of wealth and so forth, but they are the minority, not the majority. They are the minority. The majority of believers throughout history have been from the common people, the poor among all nations. And remember, Jesus said, when he was describing his, his mission as a Messiah, he said, I've come to bring good news to the poor. You know, the poor, it's that, it's that group of people that throughout almost all of history have been trampled on, have been disregarded, have been seen as the nobodies in every society. But that's the very people that Jesus said the gospel was going to primarily go to. But again, what's the point? The point is the Corinthians, they, they've forgotten that. And so Paul is, like I said, he's using their own experience to remind them. Hey, listen, those of you that think you're somebody, that's what he'd be saying. Let's remember, let's, get, let's have a reality check here. Let's get back to who you really are. And really, thank God that he didn't do things the way you are thinking now that he probably should have because had he done things that way, you would be excluded because you're not part of the in-group. Now, Karl Marx, some of you know who that is. Karl Marx used the term proletariat to refer to the working class. And he used the term bourgeois to refer to the middle and the upper classes. And he and those who followed and still follow his philosophy, they set themselves up as the champions of the proletariat. Now, this word, the proletariat, is interesting. The word originally referred to the lowest class in Roman society. So Marx borrows it from Roman society. The text, the description that Paul gives of the Corinthians is really a description of the proletariat. And so what is the point? The point is that the proletariat, they are the ones God has chosen. And that Jesus, not Marx or his associates, Jesus is the champion of the common man. Jesus is the savior of the common people. Now, of course, the Marxists always present themselves as the savior of the common man, but they never save the common man. They only become another version of oppressing the common man. And we should recognize that. Jesus, the gospel, this is for everyone. And there are no categories with God. Remember, James touches on this. He says, you know, what's going on in your church? A rich man comes in and you say, hey, sit right here in the front row. A poor man comes in and you say, hey, you sit in the back. You know, you, you stay in your seat right there. 
James says, what is that? You've become judges with evil thoughts. So all the way through, the, the scriptures condemn this kind of behavior. And we, as the people of God, individually and collectively as a church, we can never lose sight that our mission here is to reach people, all people, not just particular classes of people. You know, sometimes churches have the idea of, um, like church leadership will say, like, we're going to target a certain group of people. So in our community, uh, we're going to do some research. We're going to find out what the demographics are. We're going to find out, you know, people's age and their income bracket they're in and, you know, things they like and whatever. And, and then they decide, well, we're going we're gonna to target this group. These are the kinds of people that we want in our church. That is so contrary to the message of the gospel. Who's God's target audience? Everybody. God, he, he wants to reach everybody. And he really has a heart for the poor. He really has a heart for the people who are overlooked by the majority in a society. He loves the field worker. He loves the house cleaners. He loves the bus boys or girls and the dishwashers. He loves the factory workers and the immigrants and those living in poverty and those sitting in jail cells. God loves them. We, even as Christians, sometimes forget that. We overlook that. We, like the Corinthians, sometimes we, we get saved maybe out of that, but then we, we sort of get sophisticated. And then we come up and, you know, here's the crazy thing. God will make you into something. But the problem is we forget that God made us into something. Then we start thinking that we really are something because of just who we are. So we can never forget. If God took a foolish thing and made it wise, and then I start thinking that my wisdom is my own wisdom, then I'm setting myself up for a fall. If God took an influential person and made them a, a, a person of influence, and I start thinking that, well, I'm influential because of who I am, then I'm setting myself up for a fall. And so on and on, this is the thing that we cannot forget. And the church collectively... When the church has forgotten this, when the church has focused its mission or aimed at, we're going to have an upper class church, we're going to have a church of the, the rich and the famous and, and you know, the prestigious and all of that sort of thing, and then neglects the, those who so desperately need the gospel, you know what happens? You know what's happened historically? It creates a vacuum and then others rush in as alternative saviors. So, you know, you, you could build a case that Marxism, socialism, communism, however you want to label it, it's all related, right? It's piggybacked on the failure of the church in this particular area. The Russian Revolution in 1917, you know what they did? They pointed and they said, man, the church, these, these people, they are in league with the aristocracy. 
They couldn't care less about the peasants. It's obvious by the way they treat everybody. And Lenin and those guys came along and said, we're going to give you a better thing. But it was like an alternative. Marxism is a false gospel. It's an alternative gospel. It's a human version of certain aspects of the gospel, void of God himself, and obviously void of Christ. But that's what happened in the Russian situation. That's what's happened in South and Central America and in numerous other places. The church institutionally links itself with the aristocracy and oppresses the poor. And this causes the vacuum that causes people to rush in. So what's the solution? Well, the church's solution is let's never lose sight of who it is that God is wanting to touch and reach. And let's remember that it's everybody. And let's never come to a place where we have a stratified situation in the church where we've got the best seats reserved in the front for the wealthiest and the best looking. And, you know, they're the ones that 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 stuff has happened over and over again. And it's rooted in the very things that Paul is addressing here. See, that's the thing. It wasn't just a personality contest that Paul was contending against. He sees that underneath this, what looked like a personality contest among church leaders, underneath this, there was an idea that was completely counter to the gospel. And it was the idea again that the world is divided into two, somebodies and nobodies. And we want to be part of the somebodies. God deliver us from that personally. God deliver us from that as a church. God deliver his church from that. And let's remember that Jesus, he's the champion. He's the hero of the common person. He's the one who loves and wants to reach and save and bring into his kingdom. And everybody in that kingdom, like we read at the foot of the cross, it's level ground. It's all level ground. Now, finally, what is the message to the Corinthian believers and to us? And that message is found in verse 30 and 31. And so here he reminds us this. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. We are in Christ Jesus because of God. God chose. What did he choose? He chose the foolish to confound the wise. He chose the weak to confound the mighty. And so forth. We're in Christ because God chose us to be in Christ. So again, where is boasting? Where do I have place for human pride in this picture? There's no place. I'm in Christ because of God who through Christ has become wisdom for us. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. 
So, in other words, everything is God's gift to us. And just like God gave that gift to every one of us, he wants to give it to everyone else out there that will receive the simple message of his love demonstrated through the death and resurrection of his son. And so, final word, therefore, as it is written. Now, when Paul says, as it is written, he's referring back to the Old Testament. And here he's referring back to the prophet Jeremiah. And Jeremiah 9, I think it's 924, 923, 924. He's alluding to what Jeremiah said there. And read that later today. It's such a, a beautiful passage. But there the Lord through Jeremiah is saying to the people at the time, he's saying, do not let the wise boast in their wisdom. Do not let the rich boast in their riches. Do not let the mighty boast in their strength. But the one who boasts, let them boast in this, that they know me. That's our boast. And that's what Paul says here. As it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so all of this stuff, the somebodies versus the nobodies, this is all just complete contradiction of what the message of the gospel is. So the reality is we're all nobodies that God made somebody because of Jesus. The important thing is that we never forget it. We never forget it. And if we never forget it, whoever we see, we're going to look at them through that lens and think, man, I was a nobody. And look what God did for me. God, you can touch that person. You can reach that person. And you want to show love for that person. You want to consider that that person is someone for whom Christ died. That person is someone that God wants in his family. And so may God help us in our time. Now, these, these kinds of issues, let me just say this in closing. This stuff, you know, history just repeats itself over and over again, right? So the Corinthians, they battled with this and they got things sorted out through Paul's correction. And then for a little further down the road, somebody else is doing the same thing. And all the way through the history of the church, you find these same things resurface over and over and over again. And so here we are, it's a new time, it's a new day, it's not the first century, it's the 21st century, but these truths are as applicable to us and necessary for our understanding as they were for those back then. Let's just always remember, God does not have the categories that we do. And God has a wisdom and that wisdom is ultimately Christ. And that's the wisdom that far surpasses any wisdom the world has to offer. That's the wisdom that we need to live by. That's the wisdom that we need to just continue to immerse ourselves in.
For the month of February, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little. The world is constantly challenging the rationality of the Christian faith and the validity of the existence of God. As Christians, we're faced not only with skepticism and doubt, but also with genuine inquiry. The book Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little provides clear and understandable answers to why the Christian faith is rational and how the existence of God is valid. He also addresses other questions that both Christians and non-Christians alike puzzle over. Questions such as, is Jesus really God? Is the Bible historically reliable? Are miracles really real? If God does exist, then why is there so much suffering and evil in the world? If you want your questions like these answered, or to be able to answer questions of others, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Know Why You Believe by Paul E. Little. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights as we welcome a guest into our series, Pastor Char Broderson, as we study together in the book of 1 Corinthians. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.